Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Afternoon Morning Show. My name is Chris Mueller. I'm here, as always, with Vinny Kiyamko. Yeah. Hello, everyone. You know, I'm, it strikes me that the, as always, is sort of a lie, as you have missed a couple episodes. I have missed a couple, but it'd be always, it would be really weird if it was... As always, because I've just been here between episodes. Just hanging out in just my hang- office. <laughs> just hanging yeah. out. I do think it's a pretty bold thing. So Megan's not with us. She's sick today. Well, um, Megan's no, not sick she's today. She's not sick. She's that's not sick. right. Her toddler is toddler sick today. Is sick. Which Vomiting is, toddlers. You know, that's a good question. Would you rather be sick or would you rather be home with a sick toddler? I ought to... I mean, I don't have kids. That's true. So. You don't. You have no reference. But okay, no, but, no, no reference. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'd rather be sick because what I've seen and what I know from little experience with my little nieces and my god, <laughs> my goddaughter, is the vomiting all over the place. <laughs> but then also, as the adult, you get it like three times worse. No. I, yeah, it's true. I, I, I just, hate is that just, throwing it just up. Feels like. Man, we had we had vomageddon roll through the house a yep. couple times a couple years ago, and I just I still I every time I hear someone say, "Oh, we got a kid to turn up at home," I, I just like I reflexively <laughs> like just pull away and flinch. <laughs> just man, we had a kid wake up in the middle of the night. Just he woke up puking. Ugh, do you and, the moment you just stare off into the sky? It was like a like puke, you're having a. <laughs> it was like a puke geyser. It Ugh. was so bad. Straight and it was, up, it was there. Oh, just. Oh, everywhere ugh. nasty and then yeah no and then you know the worst is this is a great episode already uh, yeah you know the worst Start off is strong puke strong when you know it's coming but you, it just refuses so you just have that ache in your stomach <laughs> so you just you just like on watch you know yep. s- sitting on the bathroom floor just waiting, waiting. Oh, and you get the whole your mouth starts the water thing yeah oh gosh Yep, but then you get the like the dry heaves first. Oh, like, oh, the dry heaves. <gasps> <gasps> oh man! <laughs> but uh, then if you're in the bathroom and the doors closed, everybody gets a completely oh, different connotation gosh. of what's going on. It's just so bad. <gasps> I don't ever want to throw up again. It's gonna happen, I know, but I don't. It's the worst. See, so. I feel like this would not have been a topic of conversation if Megan was here. I feel like we've already dropped to our least listened to episode right yep. now. There's a, <laughs> the three people who did tune in are like, well, I can't believe they're still what talking the, about this. How is this still going? The question is, is anybody now feeling as if they're going to chuck just uh-huh. for sympathetic chucking? That's right. what I think is the uh, sympathetic chuckers. Sympathetic chuckers. That's Maybe if gross. we made the noise enough. Yeah. It'll <laughs> is it Stand By Me? Is that the movie where they're telling the story about the kid throwing up and then everybody starts throwing up in the movie theater? Is it Stand By Me? I don't know. Anyway, but with that, it doesn't matter. So Megan's not here. She's home with a sick kid. Sad day. I'm sitting in her chair. Ah, which is bold. A bold yeah. move, my friend. Uh, I, I did, in fact, text her in the group chat, and she told me to move. That's what I think was great. Vinny says, I'm sitting in your chair, and the next text said, move. <laughs> and then I just sent her a gif of Dr. Evil from Austin Powers spinning around in her chair. Nice. Very and nice. Then, yeah. So I'm enjoying this. I'm reveling in sitting in her chair. Yeah. You know, so Vinny, on our slate of things to talk about, we've got some stories to talk about, but I, I kind of want to jump out with, so we were going straight from vomit to, uh, it seems like the 2020 presidential campaign has already begun. I think it's a good segue into, yeah, I think you're really, into what's, what's coming. <laughs> For the least li- listened to episode of the Afternoon Morning Show, yep. they talk about vomit and politics. <laughs> Yeah, which is weird. I will say, though, that it has started. We're having, uh, in particular, the Democratic parties gearing up. We've had a lot of people announce their candidacy. The most recent, Bernie Sanders... Who sounds like he's underwater most of the time? He's I don't. I don't know what he's doing because it, because you know the last 
time or two that he's ran, it was so successful for him. Dude, clear your throat. That's all I'm right? saying. Every time he talks. Uh, 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 we need to talk about that. Oh, jeez. It's hard it to listen is- to. <laughs> Um, I had a joke and I wasn't going to say it. No, but he's like, he's like <laughs> Merman from old, from old He-Man episodes, yep. just reaching deep for that yep. one. Yeah. But so it's interesting because Bernie was a revolution last time, uh, you know, and if you if you talk about the, the last presidential campaign on the Democratic side, no one really talks about Hillary Clinton. They talk about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. You know, he was the energy in the campaign. Yeah. And, and a lot of things have come to light to show that had it been a fair primary, he may have actually yeah. gotten the Democratic nomination. I think he would have gotten murdered in the, oh, in the general. Well, because I, I think a lot of his stances, his platforms were great, but the reality in how it would have ran... Like in terms of what he wanted to like institute would have been terrible. It's interesting because his platforms are great. Does not at all sound true. Okay. So he said a lot of things that sounded good. If, if you had like pixie dust and, and yeah. like fairy power, you know what I mean? Uh, but if you actually have to pay for these things, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're a little bit more complicated yeah. than that, which is, you know, it's funny. One of the, um, the runners, uh, the runners, my goodness, one of the candidates, a uh, woman, I can't remember her name. It starts with a K. Uh, she basically said, I'm not for free college for everybody because some people can pay for it. And they should pay for it. Yeah. And we just can't afford to do free college. Or yep. But if you want to go and you can't pay for it, there should be a means to help people in that situation. Okay, that's realistic. Yeah. Um, I would make the argument the reason college is so, so, so very expensive and, and costs have gone up so astronomically is because of the relatively, e- the relative ease of getting loans. Mm, yeah, because it's not like it's not like colleges were like, oh my gosh, there's all this loan money out there. We need to we, buckle we down and cut down. our yeah. costs. They're like, well, the kids can pay for it, you yeah. know. Um, and it, it becomes this weird cycle of just owing a lot of money by the time you graduate. Yeah, in order to get an education, but you need the money to to well, get the education to make the money. But then you need to. Well, and then there's the weird cycle too. of costs are too much, so we're gonna make loans available, so costs go up because now there's money yeah. available. You know, it's all supply and demand. If there's more money in the in in the market then the market will require more yeah. money. You know, if you can take out a 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, hundred thousand, if you can take out a mortgage for your education, guess what? Education costs a yep. mortgage. And, and I, you know, I think that's, you know, where we are with education. That's why the Bernie Sanders thing, you know, unless the government's going to control the yeah. cost of education and say, this is what it is. And this is all you can charge. Um, they can't, you know, so they can keep costs down. The more the government injects money into that system, the more things are going to cost. Yeah. And it's, I don't know if we said it here, but I, or I heard somebody say it, but Bernie Sanders, the early part of his campaign, the last, um, cycle cycle. Thank you. Yeah, I do it again. Um, Sounded like he was running for class president. <laughs> I think that might have been. I think that was either me or it was Matt Love, uh, one of a, or one of a, a doctor yeah. we know, Mr. Love, Doctor Love, actually. Yeah, it, uh, it literally sounded like he was running for like middle school class president. Yeah, totally. Like he was promising ponies and free pizza for everybody. Well, and it's you know who was it? Famously, it was. Um, oh gosh, this is a name I should not forget. Um, Prime Minister of England during World War Two. Winston Churchill. Thank you. I was thinking Chamberlain, which which was before him. You forgot Winston, Winston Churchill. I, shut up. Okay. <laughs> but Churchill said, "If you're not a liberal in your youth, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative as in your as you're older in your maturity, you have no brain." Um, mm. And and there's something to be said for idealism. 
idealism is good, yeah. but there has to be, you know, idealism that rejects pragmatism that says, oh no, yeah. like uh, the, the new green deal that, uh, they just put forward, uh, you know, oh, I AOC heard, I, just I, put I, forward. Very little of it, but I did hear about that. It's, it, you know, it's just, it's all really beautiful ideals, but just completely unrealistic. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, how are you going to pay for it? Oh, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Well, we'll figure that out has caused the, the American debt crisis. Yep. So, you know, my favorite, my favorite one of those things is the, um, the bullet train. Oh, California, California. Train. That's supposed to oh go from San gosh. Diego to wherever, which again, was just I remember. I remember when this was on the ballot, voting against it, going, "This yeah. is stupid. We can't afford this." And then I was having a conversation with a guy who was in his twenties. He was like, "Oh, this is going to be so great." I voted for the bullet train. I was like, "What? You're a moron." Uh, you do know that that that's going to make everything that you owe come April much higher. Yeah, but and, and the thing is, the the train. It's anyway. I think we've shown it is shown. It, it is this never ending, you know, revenue sucking uh, thing that's yeah. never going to get. It's never going to get built. When it's built, it is not going to be high speed anymore because in order to get it built, they had to put multiple stops at multiple places to get votes from people. So now it's just a train. train. Yeah. Well, guess what? We already had a train. Well, yeah. And the train we have, the Amtrak, which I rode for four years going to high school, goes all the way from downtown San Diego to L.A. and then splits off to the rest of the country. But and, 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 And it loses money. Yeah. Every year. All the time. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to look up the U.S. national debt, and I keep I keep typing in U.S. train because we're talking about that. U.S. <laughs> debt. The U.S. debt right now, let's see, uh, $22 trillion? $22 trillion. I can't even, here's the problem with $22 trillion. I can't even, on my calculator, type that in so I can divide it up to find out how much that is per person in the United States. Um, wait, that's 67000 for every man, woman, and child living in the U.S., so right now, couldn't afford that. Every man, woman, <laughs> and child that. in the United States, if you if you want to put it out, man, this way, woman, and child. Every man, woman, and child in the United States is sixty thousand, sixty-seven thousand dollars in debt before they just waking up, just just being born. You're sixty thousand, sixty-seven thousand dollars in debt. Just boom, woke up. Uh, anyway, so that's, uh, that's nah. it, it, but free college for all, you know. Oh well, yeah, of course because. Um, we yeah. can afford a bullet train, so everybody should be able to go to college for free. Well, and when you, what we don't realize is when the United States takes out loans, someone holds those loans. Typically, that's a foreign power like yeah. China. And what what that happens then is that then affects U.S. economic policy because we have to be aware of our of the people who hold our debt. So it's you know it's it's all this kind of fascinating pie in the sky stuff. But you, you know, oh, the rich are going to pay for it. Did you know that Jeff Bezos has more money than half the people in the United States? Well, then yeah, then have him pay for it. Well, half the People in the United States are in debt and yeah. have no equity. So I, I, I personally have a mortgage, right? But I have some savings, mm. I, and I have, and I have enough in my home to have equity in my home. I, and I don't make a lot of money. Am richer than half the people in the United States because mm. I actually have assets, whereas half the people in the United States don't have assets. Yeah. So it's it's a, all these stupid sort of slogans. If you stop and you look at it and you go, oh, yeah. Well, and it's funny because when things come on the ballot. And and whatnot, people don't read, don't clearly read what's on it. No, it's all you know. We we become a people who are ruled by emotions. Yeah, you know, and and I think that's the, sort of the situation. We don't want to become stoics. Yeah, but you know, we have to be able to say no to ourselves. Yeah, we have to be able to to weigh out the emotional issues and say what yeah. what makes sense in this. Yeah. Well, and and the the quote that that you had 
said from Winston Churchill, um, that reality of the, the passion pushes for change, but then the, the intellect affects how it's inputted because in the reality of, of what, of how it works and what it looks like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think part of the issue is our education system isn't focused on teaching how people how to think anymore. No, it's all about regurgitation. It's all right. about, well, there we go, vomit. Well, and vomit. we're not teaching people how to, how to confront ideas that are contrary to their own. Mm. If an idea is contrary to mine, I'm offended. Yeah. But I don't have to think it through. So I don't have to deal with the argument. I'm just offended. Yeah. You're a terrible person. Yeah. Right. And that's, you, you can't think. Everything's now emotional response. Yeah. Whereas. Well, because if, that's how they're feeling, Chris. Well, exactly. But if, if you have an idea that is, I feel is wrong, I need to know how to confront that idea and yeah. how to argue against that idea. Not go, well, you're, you're just a terrible person. Yeah. You know? Well, and that was, that was one of the things early on with my dad was you're going to run into a lot of people you don't agree with. That's life. You're still going to have to work. Yeah. Like it's not going to matter. No, oh, it's funny. My, uh, my high schooler today was, had a, has a cold and he was like, uh, I've got a call. That guy got a school. It's the man flu. Oh my God. You know, it's so <laughs> terrible. I've got a cold. So I went downstairs and I popped him, gave him a Sudafed. And I was like, this is what grownups do. Yep. <laughs> Welcome. Know? That's just what Welcome. you got to do, man. Because some days life is hard yeah. and you just got to push through it because you got bills to pay and you got yeah. family to feed. And that's, and that's what you're learning to do right now. So anyway, we kind of got off track, but so the primaries have, be it's already begun. 2020 has already begun. And what's fascinating is the energy last time was all Bernie. If you look at the Democratic primary right now, Bernie is mainstream. The yeah. Democratic socialism, is, which which <laughs> was the Nazi party, uh, the, the Nazis were Democrat. <laughs> That's true. The Nazis called themselves Democratic socialists. Um, you know, Bernie Sanders, who vacationed in the Soviet Union, uh, famously, yeah. you know, his ideas are now the mainstream of the Democratic yeah. Party. And so you have this very weird, and I'm not, okay, I'm making a judgment call. I think it's crazy. Um, you have the Democratic Party now, which is Democratic Socialism um, and Abortion, really. Mm. And then you've got the Republican Party on the other side, embodied now, I guess, in Donald Trump. Well, quite frankly, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, you would say it's capitalism. Un unchecked capitalism can become tyranny just as quickly as unchecked, you know, socialism can become tyranny. Mm. You know, if you look, if you go back to look at the 1920s and, you know, turn of the century, you look at, you know, the industrial revolution and, and the conditions in factories and all of that, you know, uh, it was pretty terrible. Yeah. You it was, know? It's a using of people. Absolutely. But I also either the commoditizing way, of yeah. people, right? And either way, it's it, another either way you look at it, it becomes a using of people just in different ways. I think that was a very profound statement that you oh, just made. Thank you. I would agree. You're either you're either a commodity to the state, mm -hmm. or you're a commodity to the capitalist, mm -hmm. right? And so I think there's got to be a middle way where you say we, we're we're capitalists, right? We mm -hmm. believe in investment and growth and risk and person and building of personal wealth, right? Um, but you have to instill in that a sense of moral obligation mm -hmm. so that if you have personal wealth, it's not just for your own gain, yeah. right? And and a moral obligation to the people who work for you that you're now responsible yeah. for their care as well. As, as an employer, you're taking care of people. I think one of the, the greater model, uh, historical greater models of, of the way society kind of buckles down together, the 40s, World War II, yeah. people automatically, there was this patriotism for the company. Like not only were men going over and and fighting this war um, that 
we didn't instigate, but we're like, okay, we're in it. You yeah. know, but then the rest of the country was like, you know what? We're in this fight too. Yeah. Women went went to work. Young men were, were looking at joining to be able to go help the cause. People, there was this nationalism that came in. And I think that's when we found a pretty decent balance. Maybe not the greatest balance all the time. Yeah. You know, but there, there was still this like camaraderie of, well, we're in this together. There was, it. there was a clear, obvious existential threat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, and, and it, when it was clear, everybody knew it, um, and that's, but also the government exerted enormous powers, yep. wartime powers, you know? And so I, I think you know, on the one hand, yes, everybody pulled together. On the other hand, you also had a very enormous exertion of government powers to, to manifest that, that wouldn't necessarily, I think if the government did that now in non-wartime, you, it wouldn't it, work. It, well, it would be a huge invasion yeah. of, of, of rights, you know? Um, you know, there's something about like emergency powers. You know, I, I think it's funny capitalism this idea of capitalism or even a republic the mm. united states is you know people like to say well we're a democracy we're not, we're not actually we're a republic we're founded on certain principles we call them our bill of rights right um and you know all of that that idea of, of a democratic republic which is what we are mm. um i don't think you know what what enables that to work well, I would argue Judeo-Christianity enables it to work because there were certain things that you didn't have to necessarily legislate or write laws against because it was just – It was just It was part it was of the ethos, in. right? Yeah. Um, and as you have said, we've seen this sort of this um, departure from the, the Judeo-Christian ideal, the Judeo-Christian value. What we're finding then is capitalism doesn't work. If without Judeo-Christian values, because there is nothing to say, don't just collect everything mm-hmm. you can. But if you're if you're a Christian, you can be a capitalist and you can have a great business and you can make a lot of money, but you understand the money's not yours, that you're just yeah. a steward of it, right? There's there there's an actual feeling of responsibility with Right. With what you have. Right. You know, and so you look and you go, okay, well, I, mine is not to collect and to gather into barns. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and so then your idea of investment changes from investing to my, to, to support myself and my retirement to investing, to grow this business, to support more people, to do more good. You know, mm-hmm. your idea of how much can we get for a product changes from how much yeah. can we get to the product or how much do we need to get for the product in order to continue to make it to benefit the company and then also to benefit the consumer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're operating from a Judeo-Christian mindset you're not building obsolescence you know into yeah. your products this is reminding me of the lottery conversation we had of where you would invest and try and build and i would just buy guitars and cars all day. oh my gosh i've actually <laughs> i've gotten a little bit more nuanced in my lottery uh, oh money. yeah well because you know you put it into i i really the idea of index funds and i've recommended the book before simple path to wealth um but if you put it in an in, if you just invest it if you just took your money and you put it in the market right mm. um, the market goes up market goes down on average it goes up like 12 15 mm. percent right um, then you just you would get such a return on average mm. every year that you could just take that money you know take half that money yeah. live on part of it and you know give the rest away mm. and then it would but you just continue to spiral and grow if you just let half your interest in there you just continue to grow so you can yeah. do more and more and more and more and more oh, I'd be freaking cool in, in the next Speaking Couple. of which, the Mega Millions up to three hundred million dollars, so I'm, I'm, I'm in. You're in. I'm in. You're in. It's it's hit the mark. Well, for you. I just think we could get by. Just you know, measly. We could. I manage. mean, it's measly. It it's, really is. It's a, it's a tawdry three hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you see San Diego Padres just hired a new third baseman? No. Uh, yeah, they did. Um, dude, you're supposed to be up on this stuff. Dude, remember, I'm not on my social media right oh, now. Oh, that's no right. Idea what's going you're on? You're doing sports. the ninety. The ninety. Exodus ninety. Exodus 90. Yeah. How's that going? 
Uh, last week was rough, dude. Like it was. They okay, can they, you remind the, the listeners what so the Exodus, Exodus 90 is? Exodus 90 is um, a way of prayer and asceticism where for 90 days you basically give up your creature comforts, replace those with times of real solid prayer and, and meditation, which you get pretty much on a daily, um, in order to seek freedom from something, whether that's it, that's an addiction <coughs> to pornography, alcohol, what have you, um, and, and replace it and really kind of trust. God in that and, and 90 days is proven so like if you're going to Alcoholics Anonymous the big deal is a 90 day chip right the, the 30 60 and 90 hmm. you know because by 90 you basically have set enough of a better habit in place of what was and so the whole idea of when you replace the things that you kind of numb yourself with TV, media, video games, music, you know, all of those things. And, and even, even snacking, something as simple as snacking. Um, and you replace it with, <clears throat> with times of prayer. You, it, it's been shown through, especially through this program that, that your, your heart needs those things less and relies more on God. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of focus on uh, well, Exodus, the book of Exodus and, and the Israelites leaving into the desert and, and whatnot. So we've just hit uh, day 30 yesterday, today's 31. So we're a month in. Wow. Um, but they normally say by, by 20, by day 25, it's the toughest because people are kind of looking at it going, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those who make it to day 30, 31 are, have a higher chance of, of completing of it. actually completing I will agree with you it's funny because I've been doing a very sort of strict calorie restriction and I'm I'm about day 21 and mm. I am like I don't want to do it anymore yeah you know yeah. I, and I'm not doing the the, the the Exodus 90 but I'm just that's I've just been doing yeah, it yeah if I'm you like, if you push to day 30 it's woo, going to be man much better yeah um, I mean granted it'll still have its ups and downs which is being proven yeah. in my life at this point but uh, day day 30 is kind of that crucial moment of like okay you've set enough habits because you've done it are you doing the cold showers yes oh that sounds terrible even so on on Sundays you can break right because it's a fe- yeah, from Sunday, one or the two Lord's Day is a feast yeah. day yeah and even on those days that's the one thing I've chosen not to do wow is take so basically for the last 30 days I've taken cold showers and I honestly don't mind it. Spend a lot less time in the shower. You really do. You do. <laughs> I, my, my wakes roommate. Up, wakes, up the, wakes up the roommates too. Oh, oh yeah. So in the shower. <laughs> on, on, a, on, a Saturday, on a Saturday, woke up and we were on our way to go see some friends and it's been cold in California. It's been cold out of re, as of recent. And so, I mean, even, even so like you turn on the shower and the, ambient temperature in the shower changes right but not the rest of the room so i was fine in the shower and immediately as i open the door my roommate hears me go oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah and he's dying on the other side and he comes out and i go dude i thought you slipped and i'm like and you you didn't even come to see if i was okay and he goes no because it was hilarious <laughs> i was like thanks yeah man it sounds sounds it sounds powerful like it'd be a very powerful yeah. time yeah but it sounds the the terrible. last week was was tough just because it's it's I kind of had one of those moments like if you grew up in a life teen program then you become a young adult and you're like my prayer life wasn't what it was because life teen's not around right but then it's that moment of like well God's calling you to more and so you almost get like an expedited part of that yeah in 90 days because after day 30 there's kind of I had this realization the other day that God is like okay you've gotten to this point you know you can do it. You've set habits that aren't hard for you. Right. 
now we need to really die. Time to grow you. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what you said about you grew up in light. You grew up in a life team program, and then you're a young adult. And you feel like I'm not where I was anymore because you're not surrounded by the community Mm -hmm. and no one's just giving it to you. You know, it reminds me in Hebrews, um, St. Paul talking about like, you're not children anymore. Like we don't need to keep Ah, going over. We don't need to keep going over the basic truths Mm -hmm. of salvation. You're ready for, you know, it, 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 like we, like you don't need the basic stuff. You need to move on past that now into the deeper stuff, into the, you know, the, the solid food, you know? Um, and it's not St. Paul. We don't know who the author of Hebrews was, but and that's so true for most of us, for most of us Christians, like we are, it's like we want someone to continually give us the good news, which is all good, right? But like the <laughs> the basic truths of salvation and give us an attaboy, but not push us deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper, right? Well, and, so, and a lot of like when when we push deeper and, and there's a moment to have that change, it's scary because then a lot of times we have to face the things that we've been putting right off, which has been keeping us in that place of, well, it's not this anymore. Well, right. no, because you're being called to face those things right. to make you stronger, to inevitably be stronger for the community around you. Like, right. Yeah. And I'm refining you. Yeah. You know, and it's funny that refined like silver, right? You know, got mm-hmm. refined like silver or gold. Um, there was, I, I, there's an illustration that your speakers use and I, that the way a refiner knows that it's ready is when they can see their reflection in it. You know, and so how God refines us is he's, he's, he's drawing out all the impurity. Why? So that he, he can be seen more clearly, his reflection in us, you know, and that's so true. And, you know, you do something like the, the Exodus 90 and you realize how quickly I've been clinging on to these things as a security. Yeah. You know, um, whether that was my, you know, my nightly beer or mm-hmm. alcohol or whatever, or the porn addiction yeah. or, um, the, just the social media, you know, and it's a way that I, I medicate myself that I don't, so I don't have to confront the places in my life where I'm like, I feel out of control, yeah. you know? And the reality is when your life feels out of control, you can either try to take control or you can yeah. give control and say, Lord, I need you to be in charge of this. But so often we don't, we run to our places of comfort or, yeah. or even our, even our places of dysfunction, Yeah, you know? Well, and, and the, the, the things that we numb ourselves with, and this is just out of like what I've noticed out of myself. So for me, my big thing was the music I've allowed over the last couple mm. of years into my life. Yeah. You know, don't get any hope yet, Chris. I'm still loving my country because there's a lot of solid like Christian country out there. Um, not ready to give that up. My country, I love my country, um, in both ways. Yeah, but I, I, had, I had noticed that there was a lot that I had made excuses for. It was just in the background, and it was like a, a frog in a boiling pot of water, mm-hmm. just kind of uh, allowing it. And so, anytime I felt like, man, I just need to pick me up, I would just turn music on. Didn't matter what it was, right? And I, I didn't realize, but it actually stunted my ability to converse and struggle and even in my own prayer yeah like it was it was it was interesting that I didn't know I let myself I'm like I work for the church chapel's right there I frequent it yeah but hadn't realized how much of it was even in its own not thinking about it was taking away from the moments of realization that God was like this is not what I have for you this is what I have for you and yeah you know you know it's amazing how good we are running from God, yeah, from intimacy with God, from yeah. from faithfulness in God. You know, to kind of bring it back around to the politics discussion, 
we, 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 you know, we're like the ancient Israelites who are asking for a king. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's saying, no, no, I'm I your am king, your king, right? And we're like, no, no, it's got to be Donald Trump. We're yeah. going to make America great again. Oh, no, 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 it's got to be Bernie. We're going to, yeah. we're going to do this, and you know, and or or Kamala or Cory Booker or whatever, Klobuchar or whoever, whoever. you know. Yeah. But um, and you know, how much is our desire to have this great politician? Mm-hmm. It's just we're the lack of faith we have in our great God. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I, and I, you know, my dad passed away about a month ago and it's, you know, you, you, again, you know, when your life's out of control, I've had a, I've had a hard time getting into the word or into scripture because I have to sort of let control, like let the lid off of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sort of face that, um, and it's hard. And so like the last couple of days, you know, I, I wrote something on the internet the, yesterday and it was just like, I, I've had a hard time writing because, you know, it's been hard. I, Eric, so you can't help but see or hear him when I do that. And what I've found is grief is patient, you know? Mm. Um, and so I've just kind of had to say, okay, well now I, I have to. That was profound. I try, I, I try, I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's true, you know, you, you, you and I think there's a lot of people who spend their life running from, from grief, running from hurt, running from the wounds of childhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, John Eldridge talks about this in, in Wild the Heart, you know, like the, the father wound, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, and that's exactly what I was doing was sort of running, not the father wound, but running from the hurt, uh, the yeah. grief of loss, rather than running to the father and saying, I need you to yeah. sustain me. I'm doing the no. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay, and and I'm not. Yeah. And that's okay. You know. And but but God's big enough to take that stuff. And I feel like, you know, I think the Exodus ninety. It's revealing. You know, when we really step back and we look at our our all of the social media politics nonsense argument, it's revealing. You know. Yeah. And how much, you know, this season it's like okay, God, reveal to me, reveal mm-hmm. to me. Reveal to me where I'm finding security apart from you. Reveal to me where I'm hiding, you mm-hmm. know? And if you don't take time to be still, to be silent, it's very hard to ever have that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, something w- within it that I've realized, because my big thing has always been community. Um, and one of the things that I've, I've found within the Exodus is, is that, Community, community is good. Nobody's going to argue with, with the community is good, mm-hmm. but I found myself going, but I'm helping and feel like I'm holding these people up. Like I can't move on because I'm, I'm here and I, I want to be able to move, but I'm taking care of them. And, right. and, and inadvertently had that mentality, but hadn't realized it because I was like in my own world, doing well, my own thing. Like, you know, it's funny because parents face that too, where we're so busy doing we're so busy doing for everybody else that no, I, I you need to do for you. Yeah. You, know, you need to stop. And and Jesus, it's funny. I was just preaching on the um, on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount the other day. I was at a parish, and the and the theme was firm foundation. And you know, it's the the guy who built his house on rock, right? And that Jesus says, whoever listens to these words of mine is like the man who built his house on rock. You know, well, what what words of mine? Oh, the Sermon on the Mount, like three chapters. But if you really get down to it. In the Sermon on the Mount, a lot of it is that sort of letting go of where you've put your security mm-hmm. and taking it in the Lord. But one of the things Jesus does teach there is, you know, go into the go into the private room, close the door, yeah. you know, and 
particularly for a person who's in ministry or for a parent or for anybody like, um, who's it's the, I feel like the, the public worship, I go to mass every Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's easy. I'm proud of you. It's easy. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's, it's easy. It it really, when you get down to it, it is easy. You know what I mean? Oh no, so hard to get to mass. No, really. It's not that hard. You just, just got to get your butt there. And you know, it's kind of like you get a roller coaster. You get on, you get off at the end. It is what it is. Um, but the, the making time to just be intimate with the Lord mm. is hard. And I, and again, I don't think we've been taught how to do that well. No. And I'll, I'll recommend another book right now. That's Appointment with God, Father Michael Scanlon. I recommend it all the time. I need to buy yeah. a bunch of them just to carry them with me. Because I'm always recommending them at conferences and, and, mm. and talks. I just need to have them. Just give yeah. away. But um, it gives you a formula for a daily time of prayer. I think that's a great, a great book for a formula for a daily time of prayer. He recommends an hour, which can be daunting. I would say just start with as much as you can yeah. do. But... But there is a formula for it, right? Mm. And PX90 gives you kind of, it gives Exodus you that. 90? Exodus 90, sorry. PX90 gets you it, in physical fit. It gets fit. you ripped. You're totally. Well, I mean, this is, it's kind of the same, really. <laughs> it's kind of the same, really. Um, but, you know, making that time for, and even if all you can do is just sit with your Bible once a day mm-hmm. and, just, and just read for 10 minutes. You know, there's, there's, that's good. You're going to see growth from that in your spiritual life. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, I've, I've noticed me running to my rosary or or chapel time more often now <clears throat> than than when I used to working like a hundred feet away from right from the chapel yeah you know I mean like, last, well, you've taken distractors out of your life yeah absolutely yeah. like last night um, I just knew I needed to go after after band practice it was a Tuesday night and I got in there and there was nobody else in there and just that moment to be alone was something that I had realized I absolutely had missed yeah. with my prayer. Yep. It was just so nice to be able to like, and yeah. was, was really able to sit there and, and be honest with myself. Um, Cause it, it got to a point where it just kind of planed out and was like, this is normal. Do I really, the dangerous thought was I should be doing this outside of Exodus. Right. So do I really need it? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and was talking to some friends and they're like, but that's exactly what the enemy. Yeah. You're, okay. you're good. Think. You're good. Yeah. You know, I am, you know, it's funny. The metaphor of marriage is used so often by the Lord, you know, uh, to describe his relationship with the church in, in marriage. It's really easy to begin living incidentally with each other. Well, we just, we just, we're in close proximity. Oh, of course we have a good relationship because yeah. we, we see each other all the time, but the intentional living together oh. is it, it has to be intentional. Yeah. It doesn't happen on accident. Oh and man, it, that it, was a God moment because that you know? was also part of it. Yeah. So that's, ooh. And it's so easy to fall into Just. that with the Lord. Like, you have, oh, St. Paul says to pray without ceasing. I'm always, always praying. praying. I'm always praying. Yeah, but God also says go into the inner room and close the yeah. door, you know. Um, St. Paul talks about praying in inexpressible groanings. Mm-hmm. You know, when was the last time you you bore your soul to the Lord in inexpressible groanings, mm. you know? Well, you know, bless us, O Lord, in these I gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. We pray. It's hard. It's we pray all the time. It's heartfelt. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. You know. My food's thankful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what those words meant I just said, yeah. you know. Um, you know, and so I just think it's, yeah, it's a challenge. And it's a challenge to me. I think, I don't know that there's ever going to be a point in life where, you, where that's not going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I was speaking at the University of California Catholics Conference, oh. the UCCC. Yes, that's right. Um, and it was interesting. One of the, you know, I, I made the point that, you know, we're never done. 
you know, I, and I've been married, I've been married to my wife for 16 years. I don't get her, you know, yeah. like, and that's not a negative. That's not a knock on her. Like, I just don't get her. Like, yeah. you know, I, I love her, but I don't, I don't fully yeah. comprehend her. You know, well, why would I think that I'm going to open up my Bible or have a, or, or pray nominally? We're just yeah. going to walk around with God and I'm going to totally get him yeah. unless I take the time to seek insight from him about him. Same thing with my wife. I'm not, you know, I, I don't get her. I'm never going to fully comprehend her but I can take the time to intentionally be present mm-hmm. so that I can come to know her more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and can start to understand parts and things, mm-hmm. you know, not that I won't ever be surprised. I'm always going to be surprised. Yeah. Same thing with Lord, you know? And I think that's, we have to have that mindset of wait, God wants to be a lover. Mm-hmm. He's called me beloved and he wants to be beloved of me. He wants me to be as intimate with him as, as he's been to me. You know, uh, and that's, you know, it changes everything. Yeah. So. Well, and it, it's funny too, cause it just a thought that I had had of God wanting to be intimate with us and the way he, he can speak to us is through the people that we're close with. Sure. You know, and so that, even that is, there's that personal relationship you have with somebody and there's that intimacy in the terms of, of like a platonic friendship of just like, oh man, I needed to hear that. But if we're too busy staring at our phones or too busy being distracted by anything, everything else, we're angry busy. about politics. And, or, and, you know, but that, yeah, and that's totally. the thing is like the, the things you don't talk about at the dinner table when family's <laughs> over is religion yeah, and politics. Totally. Yeah. But there's that moment of, of God trying to speak through that, but because we're not letting that moment be God's intimate moment. Right. With us, then we're never going to hear it. Right. I, you know, it's, I'm going to try to bring this Swing around. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we good. No, no. But, but, but like, I firmly believe that if people, if the people of God put their faith in God in this way, if we just really became passionate about being in relationship with the Lord, and that was our primary focus mm-hmm. and our primary passion, then it doesn't matter who who gets elected. Not that we, and again, we're going to vote for people that who are going to try to lead it faithfully. You know, yeah. what I mean? we're going to do the best we can. But if the people of God really put passionate devotion to God, then God would have God. Then the power of God would be felt more in our society, and our politician kings, right, yep. would matter less and less um, because the wave of faith would begin to rise. Mm. You know? And I think that's what we, as people of faith, need to be focused on. And not, not that I'm saying don't get passionate about about pro life issues. Not that I'm saying don't lobby. Not that yeah. I'm saying don't don't have your voice be heard politically. Yes, absolutely, you have to have your voice be heard politically, but not in the desperation like, well, we need to get this. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. no. Oh my God, is faithful. I'm going to stand in that faith and this is why I'm going the direction I'm going but I know ultimately that this person this man doesn't decide my God decides and that's where my faith is in well and even when it comes to voting like having that close relationship with God will in fact affect who you vote for and what you vote for like yeah absolutely it's a, a, a as Catholics it goes beyond just the well, we're just going to pray and get ourselves close to God, but then this is what I know to be true, and then totally negate from what we know inherently to be true from God. Yeah, I think if we all kind of step back and say, I know my God is faithful. I know that the person I'm encountering here is an image and likeness of that God. Mm. And so I'm going to encounter them with reverence, right? Even though I think that they're wrong and their ideas are expletive crazy, Mm. but I'm still encountering the image and likeness of God. I need to reverence that Mm. properly. And then, and then I'd move with the heart of St. Francis, Master Grant, that I would seek to be, to understand more than to be understood, Mm. to console more than console. Then I might have a window into that person's soul that if there is air, I could speak or love into it. 
Anyway, I think that's probably a good note to end the show on. We're crossing the 40-minute mark if we haven't already. This has been the Afternoon Morning Show brought to you by Everyday Catholic. You can get more information on Everyday Catholic at everydaycatholic.com. And we are listener-supported, so everydaycatholic.com slash donate. We'd love that you join us with a monthly pledge. Good Catholic media doesn't just happen. We need patrons like you. So $5, $10, $100, a million dollars, whatever, whatever you want to do, we uh, we're joyfully grateful. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.